ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Timmy Gibson Show. Hey, today I have a super special topic that I think is going to be something helpful. Normally, I'm not sure just how helpful uh, my podcasts are. Um, you know, Lance and I often talk about, uh, you know, how can we make it helpful? How can we make it as a resource? How can we, whatever. And, uh, you know, sometimes we walk away and think, well, that was fun. You know, I don't know if that's going to help anybody, but, <laughs> but today's, uh, topic, uh, is, is this going to be a short podcast. Of course, I say that now at the beginning, before I start talking, as you all know, I can talk. But I was thinking about how harmful codependent codependency is or being in a codependent relationship versus being independent or interdependent. And I don't know why specifically this has all of a sudden come like it's been in my thoughts, it's been in my um yeah, just it's been in my thoughts. You know, it's something I'm I'm thinking about. Um, you know, as a as a middle aged single man, you know, dating and wanting to establish uh, a healthy um, relationship with a female, you know, moving forward and making sure that I don't get into some kind of a, a codependent type relationship. So, I I. There's a few things that I think, I don't know what, like, like I said, I don't know why, but all of a sudden this morning, I just, when I got out of bed, I just woke up and I just was flooded with all of these thoughts on codependency uh, and, and relationship stuff. So here's, here's why codependency is so unhealthy, simply. If you are dependent on someone for your happiness, your security, your financial stability, your growth, your happiness, your anything, if you are dependent on anyone to make you feel any kind of way, that's codependent. So this is where it can be extremely dangerous in a relationship, especially like when a relationship ends and people go into a dark, deep depression or they mask the depression or hurt with, you know, bitterness or anger. It, it stems from being codependent on a person for happiness or to feel good about yourself or for security or for meaning or anything. And it's, it, it's a difficult, you know, I'm not entirely sure uh, exactly how to, to not let that happen in a relationship other than making sure uh, that you are as independent as you possibly can be so that when you do enter into a relationship, 
you're a whole complete person. Your, your happiness comes from within. Your security comes from within. Your self-worth comes from within. Your financial needs come from, from within. Like everything is your independence. In other words, I don't need anyone else for anything. And I'm, I'm, I'm sad at the thought of, and maybe, maybe my assessment is wrong, but back in the day, like way back, even before my time, relationships seem to be very codependent. Um, you know, the husband depended upon the wife to take care of the kids, take care of the home. And the wife was dependent upon the husband to provide financially and to, you know, make her feel beautiful or whatever and vice versa. I mean, it, it, you know, and there's this, there's this codependency, which on, uh, it's here. I, I'm trying to think, why is it so, why, why am I, why am I doing a podcast on this? Well, I think it's just critically important that if you are in a relationship, don't allow it to become codependent because when and if not always when, but if that relationship were to end, you are up a Creek without a paddle, as they say, like you would be like, if your security or your self-esteem or your happiness comes from this other person, when this other person is gone, then you're left empty. And so, you know, when I've heard couples say, well, you know, we don't have any friends, we just have each other. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so unhealthy. That's so unhealthy. Yet it's a, it's, it's a functioning defunct, uh, dysfunction. It's a functioning dysfunction because as long as the couple stays together, then that need is met. It's like this circular thing where he's codependent on her, she's codependent on him. And if they're, if they, you know, stay together, right. The, the codependency though, unhealthy and dysfunctional works. And I think, I think that's the, I think that's the, the, um, Oh, I'm trying to think of what the word is. That's the, the magic trick, right? It's, it's, it's not a problem until it's a problem. Like it's not an issue until it's an issue, but why I'm doing this little podcast on this little thought here is even when it's not a problem, it's a problem because that's unhealthy. If, if I am dependent on someone else to meet my needs, whatever those needs might be, if I'm dependent on anyone outside of myself you're doomed for heartache. You're doomed for, um, ultimate, uh, hurt. And it's difficult. I mean, it's, it's very difficult, uh, in a relationship to, to not 
become codependent? Because I, I think sometimes we feel that codependency is it's a it's a form or a language of love. That if if someone needs me, I feel the hero. I feel like good. And and even to this day, you know, I've I've gone on dates with um women who uh you know, I could tell, well, maybe you're a little bit more insecure and I could feel them, them needing me or feeding off of my compliments or the, you know, how I am as a person. And, you know, a lot of people are like that, but I'm complimentary with my words. Well, I could see that they became like codependent, like they were needing, like they didn't feel beautiful until I told them they were beautiful. They didn't feel sexy until I told them they were sexy. They didn't feel, you know, whatever until I, and it, scared me. Like it scared me because I'm like, Oh, you know, like I can't, like you can't depend upon me for your happiness. Like you got to be happy all by yourself and vice versa. I've felt myself with that feeling of when, when a woman is, you know, complimenting me and thinking I'm handsome, which these are all things you should do. If you're, if you're in a relationship, you better be doing that. I mean, I, I'm not, don't read into this and twist it and make it something crazy and say, well, I don't want them to be codependent. So I won't compliment them at all. And like that's, that's nuts. So, you know, again, hear what I'm saying and, and don't, uh, hear something I'm not saying we should compliment. Right. But what I, who I'm talking to is not the person giving the compliments. I'm talking to the person who is quote unquote, becoming codependent on those compliments or needing those compliments. For example, I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. You know that I say this all the time. I'm just a dude. One thing that I, I, I enjoy compliments very much. I love them. I feel great about myself already. And, but I enjoy having those things reaffirmed. I enjoy you know, who doesn't like to be told you're handsome or you're beautiful or you're sexy or you're funny or you're a solid person? Like all of those things. If you, if anybody says they don't like that, they're a moron. <laughs> they're a fucking moron. No, I'm kidding. Um, but seriously, everyone, all of us enjoy compliments all of us enjoy to be told sweet things of course but there's a difference between enjoying them liking them being flattered by them all of that there's a difference between that and needing it see what i'm saying there's a there's a difference between wanting it and needing it it, it's a different, it just looks, let's, let's look at food for a second. It's, it's different to want food than it is to need food, right? Do you see the difference in with needing? There's more of a desperation. My life depends upon it. Without it, I die. Do you see? So it's what we want compliments, of course, but don't need them. I want a partner. I don't need a partner. I want friends, but I don't, well, I think we might need friends actually, but you know what I'm saying? So scratch that last one. 
There are things in our life. And actually, you know what, though? No, I'm going to stick with that. We want friends. We don't need them. Meaning if I don't have, if you go through a stretch in time and you, and you, you like case in point myself after my divorce and after my religious, you know, my kind of my coming out from religion and becoming just more spiritual, you know, from, from having a conservative religious view to now a very liberal, open-minded religious view or spiritual view. I lost a lot of friends. Like I did. I lost, I lost a ton of friends. I lost my community. I lost some, I mean, and it clearly, you know, I've had, when I've talked to my, my now friends about this, they're like, well, clearly they weren't really your friends. If just because you don't believe like you used to, that they're no longer your friend. I'm like, well, you need to call those people then because <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Uh, they, they no longer, I, I, I mean, there's several people that I talked to. We would talk several people were like several times a week. I'd talk to them all the time. And as long as I was talking about church and Jesus and God and miracles and faith and healing and all the shit that we always talked about, um, we were quote unquote friends. And then as soon as I you know, left that world, uh, I haven't had a conversation, well, for several years and that's sad. And then I'm not, and I don't mean that as a, at least I don't think, I don't think I necessarily mean that as a, as a slam on them. I mean, kind of, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I, I played a part in that too, somehow, some way I'm sure. Uh, but you see that politically, right? I mean, you see that politically, you know, people that were once Democrat and had a group of friends that were Democrat and then they leave and become a Republican. It's like, you know, they lose their democratic friends and vice versa. If you're a Republican, you flip over to being a Democrat, you know, you'd lose your Republican friends that, you know, in, in my mind, that's just absolute insanity. I mean, that is literally insanity in my humble opinion. I don't have friends based upon their political views or religious views. I, I don't now clearly I don't have friends in my life who are hardcore um, religious because they, one, we're not compatible Two, you know, it gets tiring after a while when people are trying to, you know, save you or, or convert you to their political positions, or when you are with these people and, and there's constant arguments and conversation, heated conversations or debates over some political thing. And, you know, that's why they, you know, that's why often people say you shouldn't talk about um, politics or religion <laughs> at the dinner table. And, you know, I, I agree with that. And I haven't really ever found that to be truer than when I became, you know, less religious and uh, found, found those conversations not uh, enjoyable. In fact, I never, you know, it's funny, I never really understood when people would say, well, we just can't talk about religion or politics. I, I always was like, why not? <laughs> why can't you? <laughs> now I know. <laughs> now I know people are very opinionated and I am, I'm super opinionated. There's no doubt. I mean, hello, I got a podcast. I'm very opinionated. And I know that about me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm old enough now that they're, I can usually hold my tongue pretty well and just shut my mouth. And, 
not uh, feel the need to to state my position or to correct someone. Um, is it hard? Yes, it's extremely hard. There have been times I've heard people say stuff that I, I literally had to like grab my tongue and hold it and just be like, nope, you do not need to, you do not need to try to set them straight Timmy. You don't need to, to help them understand because <laughs> a lot of times it's semantics, right? A lot of times it's semantics and Anyway, how do I get off track? Uh, we're, we're talking about codependency, interdependency, uh, independency, or being independent. So uh, let me get back to that and just say that a couple things. One, if you feel that you are in a codependent relationship, seek help. Um, seek help and, and find ways and how, okay, how can you identify, because some people might be saying, I don't know if I am. So how can you identify if you are in a codependent relationship? Well, here's, here, there's a really easy way. If you notice you get sad or upset or depressed when your partner doesn't feed you emotionally or spiritually or whatever, like, when there is a dependence on them, meaning if they were to go away right now, if their words were to go away, if, if anything, there's anything about them were to go away, well, where would that put you? Would that put you on depression drive? Like all of a sudden now you're, you're and outside of course, the sadness of the losing the relationship. I'm not talking about that. I just mean in the sense of are you dependent on what they think to feel good about yourself? And, and I, I think most people could probably, if they were, if they would just sit and be honest, they could recognize I'm codependent or I was in a codependent relationship. And if that's you, so if you've been in a codependent relationship, I would say that you are definitely susceptible to being in another codependent relationship. And you got to make sure that you don't find yourself in one. Like if you only feel the best thing, sorry, I'm all over the place, but if you only feel loved when you're in a relationship, you are codependent. One of the best things, and I, I, you know, I'd like to believe that this was just all out of me, but it wasn't. I, I went to therapy. Um, still actually do therapy, but I really dove deep into therapy for 12 months. Immediately after my divorce, I spent 12 months in therapy and I did it for a lot of reasons. One, you know, I wanted help navigating the waters of divorce and of sadness and of, of grief and, and heartache and pain. Like I really wanted and needed to be coached and helped and, you know, counseled because I wanted to do it right. That's I'm, I'm a real stickler on that. Uh, trust me. I clearly do not do everything right. Okay. I do not, but I have a desire to right? the desire to do things right is, is deep and very profound in me. I wanted to go through my divorce, right? I wanted to go through the healing process right. I'm I want to go through being single right. I I it, and, and as I date, you know, moving forward, 
I want to do it right. And I want to be honoring and respectable. And, you know, I want to leave a good taste in, in anyone's mouth that I come across. You know, I want to leave a good impression, you know, with people. I, I, I just do. And so for the time following my divorce, I realized that I could be susceptible to finding myself in a codependent relationship where I would need a woman to, to feel good about myself, to feel uh, wanted and needed and sexually, sexually desirable and all the things, all the things. But I knew that was unhealthy because I, I don't need a woman to feel all of those things. Now, oh, I, I love women. <laughs> like I, I, uh, so you got to separate those two. I mean, it, I wasn't planning on being celibate uh, or anything like that, but I, I didn't want to need women for my emotional health. And so that's one of the reasons that now I'm two years out of uh, my marriage, so two years divorced, and, uh, you know, I've not had anybody move in. I've not moved in with anybody. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking to someone, and I'm doing the thing, and, you know, you're, you take those things slowly, and you unpack, and you get to know. And and one of my friends once said to me uh, early on, he said that he was told by somebody, um, so probably it's been passed down enough. I could just own this as my own thing, huh? But they, they said something like, date someone for, through all the seasons before you would ever take any kind of a serious step towards you know, moving in together or engagement or anything like that. And, and that's, that's a good word. That's a good word. You know, if you can last a year and see someone through all the different seasons, uh, you know, with family and, and, and I, now this is original to me or at least I didn't hear it anywhere. It's something I've always said. Another true test that every relationship should go through. So here, here's my advice on relationships when it comes to codependency, independency, interdependency, all of that. Number one, date for at least a year before you make any rash decisions. Um, I think now we all know the stories, right? I mean, even my first marriage, we dated you know, two and a half months, I put a ring on her finger and then we were married six months later. So it was a total of from the first date to the marriage was nine months or whatever. You know, I knew this person. I mean, I knew her and from college. So like we knew each other for way longer than that, of course, or not way longer, but longer than that. Uh, but only had only dated for that amount of time. Um, and that has no bearing. Obviously it lasted 25 years. So clearly it was, it was, it was all fine. But for all of you young folks out there, I think, I think dating for one year is critically important. And, 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 you know, I definitely am a, a proponent now of, of living together uh, because you really don't know someone until you live together. Um, but, you know, date without living together for one year. And then at the end of that year, if you're still crazily in love, then yeah, you could, you could move in together or get married or whatever you want to do. If you're still crazy about each other, of course. So first thing date for at least a year through all the seasons, make sure you meet the parents. Okay. On either side, 
make sure you meet the friends. It'd be very odd if you didn't do all those things that I'm mentioning. Uh, and then fourthly, so date for a year, meet the friends, meet the family. And then the fourth one is to take a road trip together. I, I feel like a road trip is a real test of someone's patience <laughs> and an important part of getting to know someone. Now, some people don't like road road trips. Sorry, I had to take a drink of coffee. Um, some people don't like road trips. And on one hand, I'd say, well, get over it in road trip, but that's probably being a little bit harsh. So if you don't like road trips, then take a trip. <laughs> How's that? Take a trip. Because that's a that's a good way to get to know someone uh, outside of the the home element, and then then the final thing I would say, and there's a million things I could say, but just coming up, coming up, just thinking about codependency, interdependency, and building a healthy, happy relationship. I think it, it, that you know the reason I think taking a trip together is important is you know, seeing what someone's like in an, in an, in an unfamiliar environment, see, seeing how they respond, how they act, how they, because invariably most every time you take a road trip or anything, there's going to be, you know, you're going to find yourself hungry and you're low on gas and you're trying to find a gas station and you're starving and then you did and then just, you know, you're, you're experiencing different things that you can see with how this person handles stuff like that. Then, the final, final thing I would say is to spend a week with each other in, in each other's environments. I know, I know that I did that. There was someone that I kind of was fancying, excuse me. And I said, you know, why don't you, why don't you come live with me, come live with me for a week. Let's, why don't you come stay with me for a week and let's, let's hang out for a week and see how it goes. And on, on one hand, it went great, you know, very compatible. We had fun. Uh, we were, uh, you know, yeah, we got along great. It was great. Um, but in that week, you know, it just revealed some things to me and I'm sure it revealed some things to her, you know, I'm, I'm sure she felt the same way. There was just some things that I was like, ah, man, I just, I don't think this is like, this isn't the one, so to speak. Like this isn't the one. But it was a great week and, and you know, it, it was what it was. And, you know, I'll do that again someday. You know, if it's someone that I'm seriously thinking about spending, you know, a lot of time with, um, that would be something that I feel would be important, you know, and the bare minimum would be to spend a weekend together. That's, that's kind of easy. I think that happens anyway. But there's something about the week together, meaning a work week, not a vacation week, because that's different too, but a work week, right? Like when this person came and lived with me for the week, I mean, I work, I, you know, I was doing my meetings, I was doing my videos, I was doing my podcast. I mean, she saw me doing me and, and I saw her doing her like, you know, going to work and doing this and doing that. Like I, you know, we both experienced kind of like a week out of what it would look like. It's almost like taking a life together and you just take one week and you kind of get a, an idea of what it would be like to spend 
li- life with this person, right? Because that's what a marriage is. That's what a relationship is, doing life together. Can we do life together? And I think that's the, the sometimes the, the deceiving part or the trap, you know. Can we have sex together? Yes, we can. I love it. You know, can we have dinners out? Oh, yeah, we can. You know, can we go on trips? Ooh, yeah, we can. But, you know, we all know that that's not, that's not a relationship. That's not what a marriage is. Uh, a marriage is everyday life, right? It's, you know, sitting and taking shits and it's, it's getting out of the shower and your makeup's running down your face and it's the, don't go in the bathroom. It stinks right now. <laughs> I dropped a bomb. I mean, that's real life. Now, I know, I'll be honest, that's even hard for me to say because I'm a very private person when it comes to all that kind of stuff. Uh, hence that, you know, when I do get married, um, there is no doubt there will be a uh, two-bathroom scenario or at least a yeah, two bathrooms. I just, that's important to me. You know, I need my private time and I don't want anybody else talking to me while I'm doing my private time. So, and again, that's just me and not everybody's like that, but that's real life. That's, that's the real shit. Like that's the stuff, right? That's pardon the pun, but that's, that's where the rubber meets the road. You know, seeing, seeing someone when you're fixed up and smelling good and and looking good is just a small, tiny little piece of what is required for a successful relationship, of course. And what really matters is the day-to-day, right? You, you can't have sex all the time. Now, you can have sex a lot, right? I mean, you can have sex a lot. That's why, that's why I plan on that. Matter of fact, I'm not going to be in a relationship unless we're having lots of sex. That's, that's just not, I'm, I'm just not down for that. I'm not going to get in a sexist relationship. Uh, and most people probably feel that way, you know, men and women, you know, everybody wants sex. Everybody likes to feel good. Everybody likes to orgasm. Duh. Um, so yeah, there you go. Uh, let me, let me throw in one more thing since I brought up, since you brought up sex, <laughs> when it comes to codependency and being independent, well, I, I was talking to a female friend of mine the other day and uh, yeah, just a friend. And we were talking about, um, sex and, and masturbation. Cause she was, she was raised religious like I was. And so, you know, masturbation was, was forbidden, which is just crazy. Yeah. If you've ever been taught that that's not true. Like literally that's the biggest lie Uh, one of not the biggest lie. It's a big fat lie. If you are listening to my podcast and you have been told don't masturbate, I'm telling you that is 100% wrong, verifiably wrong, biologically wrong. It's wrong. Masturbate. Okay. Masturbate. Anyway, uh, we were talking about masturbation and how each of us were, you know, raised very religious so that, you know, masturbation was something that was frowned upon and at the least or maybe most it was shame driven shame filled you 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 were taught that it was wrong so therefore when you did it you felt guilt and shame and and it was a, a wrong guilt and shame it, clearly uh, but it, but it's also 
what my friends, my female friend said to me is that I forget who she was talking to, but she was talking to a therapist of, or of some sort. And, and this female therapist told her the best way to know your body and the best way to be good at sex is to masturbate. And I was like, I was just like, I don't know why. I mean, I know that to be true, but I just found it fascinating. I was like, oh, that's, that's so true. And she had said that when she started masturbating after her divorce, so very religious, got married, very religious, then got divorced and then became like kind of like more like the journey I'm on. And she said the more that she explored her own body and masturbated, she said sex just got better and better and better and better and better because she knew her body. And not only did she know her body to know what to do and whatever, but she also knew her body to be able to communicate to her partner what she wanted and what she liked and so forth. And I thought, wow, that's fascinating. And I can even say, I mean, this is true from my personal experience, which is, you know, limited for sure. But my limited experience, women that I've had been intimate with who were, um, how can I say this? Just very enjoyable in bed. Let's, I don't know how else to say it. That's probably the most proper way to say it. Just the women that I had the most enjoyable time in bed with, with, with intimacy were women that masturbated and knew their bodies, knew what they liked, um, could communicate what they liked. And, and I found it to be more, uh, pleasurable for me and them to master, you know, because they masturbated. So I, I thought that was, um, uh, again, most of you out there probably are like, duh, Timmy, we already know this. You're way behind. Like, of course I'm way behind. You know, I spent 40 some years <laughs> feeling like masturbation was a sin. And, uh, so, you know, clearly I'm probably way behind on, on many things that I'm coming to understand that many of you are like, yeah, Timmy, I've been masturbating all my life. It's the best thing ever. So there you go. Um, if if you are uh, dating, if you're in the dating world, um, really, that again, this goes back to something I teach and I share and I say all the time. It's not so much about finding the right person. It's about being the right person. And with that, when I say that, you know, that means a million different things, but one of the things it means is to be independent in need of no one full stop. That's really the crux of this whole little podcast. Be in need of no one for anything. Now that is a, uh, utopia mindset, right? Because you say, well, I need my job or I need this or I need that. Well, yes, I get it. Me too. Right. I mean, it's like, I, but even with that, you know, if you listen to any kind of fine, read any kind of financial books. That's what they talk, teach, teach is get to a place where you don't need your job, where you are financially independent. You're financially secure. You're financially, um, independent of a job. That's why investments are important. That's why doing your own thing. That's why dreaming and trying to look outside of your job 
if you need your job, okay, that's part of it. But it should be a goal to not need your job. And it's the same thing with anyone. I don't need someone for my spiritual growth. I don't need someone for to feel sexy. I don't need someone to feel loved. I don't need someone to feel anyway. Right. I mean, that's, that's our goal. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm there. I'm just saying that's, that's a goal in my life to be independent of needing anyone or really anything to make me feel good about myself. And and that's a process. And maybe, to be honest, that's a lifelong process. It's something that takes forever, maybe, to, to a certain extent. Um, so, yeah, but, I mean, and think about it. Like, I really like my hair. Okay, you all know that, obviously. I've talked about it before. I joke about it a lot. It's, it's a thing, right? I got lucky. I've always had great hair. That's what I'm told. I say that with all humility, but it's just, it's been a thing. My hair was cool in high school. Everybody said it was. And all through my life, I've always had a a great head of hair. So, you know, here I am at 52 and like just luck of the draw. Uh, It's actually a myth. I found out that it's not, it's not dependent on your mother's father. That's actually a myth. I'm pretty certain it's a myth. Look it up. I'm pretty sure I actually... Um, found that out that that's that's actually not true. So anyway, regardless of where you get that, it is a it is a genes thing. I mean, you just you either got lucky and have hair or you don't. So, but I have often thought, <laughs> do I need it? Right? Like, if something were to happen, <laughs> like, would I be depressed? Would I be, um feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like literally, like I've literally right. Clearly my hair is an issue. So I'm admitting to my, my insecurity of, you know, not having it. So, and you know, I, I, I've, I had a friend that was struggling with ED erectile dysfunction and man, it really fucked with him, which it would have me too. Totally. I'm not even going to lie. It would really, 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 really mess with me. But then again, like, right, do I need sex to validate my manhood? Do I need to be able to get a raging hard boner to feel good about myself? Do I need, right? I mean, and, and of course there's drugs for that and all that. And there's a lot of things you can do. <laughs> In fact, I'm just going to tell you right now, this is totally a side thing. If you're a guy out there and you struggle with that, email me, Timmy at TimmyGibson.com. I'll, I'll tell you some products that I don't. These aren't things I, you, you can get them at the grocery store. I mean, you can get them at Whole Foods. You can get them online. It has nothing to do with me. I don't get shit from it. Um, but I have discovered uh, three things, three uh, herbal natural st- things uh, that are unbelievable. So total little side note there. Uh, if, if you're a guy and, and need to <laughs> get it harder, email me and I'll, I'll tell you what these things are that I, I started taking. And they're amazing. Hands down, 100%, for sure work, 100%, like, no joke. And no, not Viagra, not Cialis, not, no. These are natural herbal stuff that you can get online or through Whole Foods. Anyway, um, 
kind of lost my train of thought there, but uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. You know, if you need anything, I was talking about my hair, right? If I, you know, like I can't, I don't need it. I want it, but I, you know, don't need it or do I, right? I think that's still, that's under debate, right? But that's true with anything that, you know, if you were married and you lost your marriage, you know, like, how are you doing? Obviously you're going to be hurt and sad and broken and all that because obviously the death of a marriage is very heartbreaking. Um, the death of anything or anyone losing your job, any, anything that we can face in life. But I, I go back to as much as we can be independent of those things, the less we are, um, attacked, so to speak, like the, the, the more independent and strong we are and confident we are, the less someone can hurt us or have power over us. And this, this maybe I'll have to do a whole nother podcast on kind of what is, what does it look like to be in a relationship, but yet be independent because there, there is an important piece of a relationship where there's an interdependency, right? There's, again, it's not the need, it's the want, but it's a shared, it's a shared, it's a more of a shared response, um, relationship than it is at, like I said, a, a codependent needing, for example, and I'm going to end with this. I do weddings, as you know, I recently had a couple that was, was going to be doing a, a unity candle. And, and so they were talking about the unity candle. And I said, well, let me, let me, I said, the unity candle is awesome. I highly recommend it. Um, I mean, it's fine if, especially if you want a real traditional type of a wedding and it's indoors, I can't tell you how many outdoor weddings I've done where they, we're going to unity candle, Mike. Uh, yeah, let's probably not do that because if it blows out, that seems like a bad omen. It's not a bad omen, but it would feel like it. We're here to celebrate our love. Light the candle. Woo. It gets blown out. <laughs> it's, it's like mother nature's like, nope. Anyway, I, I tell these couples, I say, here's the thing. It's your wedding. You do what you want, but here's my recommendation. Each of your mother's light the candles that represent you and then you and your partner light the center candle, which represents your marriage. And then you put your individual candles back in their uh, candle holders there and leave them lit so that the finished look is the center candle, which represents your relationship together. And then each of your individual candles represent your lives as individuals. And I said, that's the thing. I said, you know, I, we've all been to those weddings where they blow out their individual candle like they cease to exist as individuals. And the reality is that's not true. That's, that's, I mean, that's factually actually not true. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, nope, you still exist. Uh, so you, you actually do ex exist and yet you exist at the same time your partner exists and your relationship also exists at the same time that each of you exist. It's a relationship. And it's critically important, and I and I think there's a lot of analogies here that I could go into, but your individual candle being lit represents your independence. So when one person is becomes codependent, it 
basically it blows out their candle. In other words, they are dependent on the other person's candle rather than on their own candle. And that's the part about codependency that's so unhealthy. You need to be your own individual person. And that's the only way that you can then create a beautiful, wonderful relationship, right? Let's just say that each of your individual candles are still lit like they should be. And the relationship is struggling. Okay. It gets blown out. The center candle, your relationships get blown out, not blown out like it's over in divorce, but it gets blown out. Well, it could be that too, but let's talk about this. The, the candle in the middle gets blown out, meaning you're, you're in a struggle in the relationship. Well, each of you still have your individuality and your individual flames to be able to go back to the middle and work together on lighting that center candle and breathing fresh air back into your relationship. Okay. Now, also, let's say the, that center candle blows out, which would represent a divorce. So you get married. Your candle's lit, his candle's lit, the center candle, your relation that represents your relationship is lit. All three of them are lit. Divorce happens. The center candle gets blown out. In other words, the relationship is over. But each of you still are lit. <laughs> Litty lit. So each of you are still, you know, flame on. Like each of you are still individuals who are whole and complete. Therefore, when you then enter into another relationship, you still are an independent person and can then contribute to another relationship. But if you're blown out and when the other relationship, when, you know, if each of you, if, if again, just visualize this in your mind, you light the center candle, the unity candle, which represents your relationship. And then if you blow out your individual candles, well, then when that center candle gets blown out from a divorce or from trouble, what, what are you going to do? Go get the mothers to come back and light them again? No, like you, 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 you've left yourself in a very vulnerable place. That's why it's so important to be independent. All right, guys, have a great day. Timmy with you for the Timmy Gibson show. Peace. Peace.